0: had a lot more confidence and a lot more self-belief. And I just was also just really curious to see where it was gonna go. Curiosity will take you a long way in in life. I I wanted to see what I could do with it. Uh, I think the tickets, it ended up really being a key to my um, improved and enhanced recovery and repair and ability to produce more work um, over a shorter period of time and and ability to produce work over and over and over again. because repeatability is extremely important at high level sport. I mean all of us are trying to feel better, right? Have more energy, feel stronger, feel more alive, not feel tired at three o'clock every day. Um, And while you know good sleep and healthy relationships are very important part of your overall health, what you put in your mouth we know is a, a, you know a, a really
1: important aspect if you mean, truly are what you eat and that is coming up next on bootstrapping your dream show so stay tuned so the big question is this how are ambitious people like us who don't have a lot of resources did not go to ivy league colleges were not born into wealth how do we become resourceful enough use our creativity our dedication and a little bit of crazy to bootstrap our way to realizing our dreams, whether it is launching a new company, launching a new app, or making it to the top of the corporate ladder. That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. We have created a tremendous community of bootstrappers, entrepreneurs, and professionals who are ambitious, resourceful, and want to get things done. We brainstorm, support, and help each other out. So come join us. Navigate to bootstrapping.group. Join today and get the Startup Founders Technology Accelerator video series absolutely free. If you enjoy this video, then do let us know by hitting that like button now. Or if you want us to improve our content, then go ahead and hit that thumbs down button and give us your honest feedback in the comment section below. Here at Tutter Noodle, we are passionate about entrepreneurship, technology, and innovation. Every week, we bring you insightful and engaging videos, interviews, Tips, tricks, and strategies to help you grow your business or rise in your corporate profession. If you're new here, please do consider subscribing and do not forget to hit that bell icon so that you are notified when we publish new content. Hello and welcome to this new episode of Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. I'm your host Manu Jagarwal, and today we'll be talking with Dotsi Bausch. After concluding a prolific professional cycling career that produced a medal at the 2012 London Olympic Games, Eight U.S. National Championships, two Pan-American gold medals, and a world record, Dotsie Walsh has become a powerful influencer for plant-based eating for athletes and non-athletes alike. Long before embodying radiant health and becoming an influential game changer, uh, uh, Dotsie struggled for years with severe eating disorders and recreational drug habit that combined led to a suicide attempt. It was during her recovery that she discovered her gift and love for the bike never want to shy away from uh, facing spag- staggering odds just like she did in olympics while riding for team usa whose unlikely and triumphant story is chronicled in the netflix documentary personal goal so welcome doxy hey thanks for having me awesome so you have a very uh, interesting background so can you uh, walk us down the memory lane and tell us about your early years and early struggles that you had with eating disorders and you know, whatever else you want, you are comfortable sharing.
0: Oh, well, I'm comfortable with all of it. It's been shared. And I think I'm a big believer that any kind of suffering, um, really only has its, uh, you know, time to shine if you share it and can hopefully help somebody else who may be Mm -hmm. going down that dark journey. So, um, yeah, uh, well, I, it's it's obviously a, a really long story that I'll just condense down quite short. Um, but uh, I almost lost my life to anorexia. Um, and uh, I, I had just graduated from college. Um, and I recognized that I did not want to pursue what I had uh, majored in and what I had been studying and what I had done an internship in, which was hard news. Um, and... Uh, that started to unravel my um, confidence and my belief in myself. And um, also I I felt, I started feeling very out of control in, in, um, in my life because now I was kind of just, you know, almost for lack of better terms, like on the streets. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know where I was going. I couldn't afford to go back and study something else. I was already deep in student loans from my degree. Um, And so Quite slowly, I began to usurp control over my food, just, I think, internally as a way to have some kind of control over my life, um, when I felt really spun out, and um, that um, just kept graduating, and it finally completely took hold and was a a full-blown anorexia where I I wasn't um, functional at all in any way, shape, or form, couldn't hold a job, couldn't um, you know, really hold relationships, uh, friends or otherwise, and um, my eating disorder matched up with uh, its well-known cousin, uh, cocaine addiction. So that fed the eating disorder more, which fed my dysfunction more, which fed my self-loathing more. Um, so it was, uh, it was definitely at the, at the bottom, um, mm-hmm. what people would call rock bottom uh, when I tried to um, commit suicide twice. And that uh, catapulted me into a journey of healing. And it was in my healing journey, in my healing recovery, that I found my love for cycling. Uh, so I started cycling. I was 26 at the time as I was coming out of my eating disorder and um, and just... Uh, much going with it really is the kind of my story is just a story of not giving up, not yeah. not believing all of the naysayers, not believing all of the different coaches and uh, you know national team trainers that said you're too old, you're not good enough, you know you you've taken your body to the brink and back, and it's not going to repair enough to be able to do this at the high level, and just not believing in them and, and believing in, in my love for um, riding and racing my bicycle. Wow, that's uh, quite inspirational. So.
1: Are you telling me so you were not an athlete before this episode of eating disorder and suicide
0: attempt that's correct which is i know it's <laughs> it's strange and hard to believe but i grew up in kentucky so i actually grew up um my whole family was in uh or, or most of my family was in horse raising my my, my grandfather my uncle so i grew up around horses and thoroughbred horses and i competed actually in saddlebred horseback riding so i had a very competitive spirit and competitive nature but i wasn't the athlete you know the horse is the athlete yeah, yeah. in that scenario so um yeah i i grew up a very active kid that's for sure but i didn't have like a sport that i did so I no, but it's
1: it, it quite um quite a, a amazing achievement to go from there like you know as the, as you put it like you know Olympics uh, is not an easy feat uh and winning a medal like uh you know people spend their entire lives preparing for that so it's an amazing achievement congratulations on that
0: sure. thank you so it's a bit it's a bit odd by root there but um you know so some some of the best journeys are the oddest journeys yeah. right yeah the most right. atypical right so um i want to dig a little
1: bit deeper into this so you know um a lot of these uh, uh, addictions and physical ailments if you will uh, in my opinion from my research um, they're a direct result of uh, whatever is going on inside you in, in your mind. You know, it's a, it's a sort of the manifestation of the mindset that you currently have. So will you agree with that statement? And, and can you tell us what your mindset was like during those days?
0: Yeah, so way back when I was sick or more, more the mindset when I was competing?
1: Uh, when you were sick. And then also I want to talk about how your mindset shifted when you were competing.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think, you know, we all have like dark sides to us, and the other side of that dark side is is light. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 think it's, I was the same person, obviously. Um, I had done a lot of work to heal, and and with that healing came a lot of growth and a lot a lot of um, self awareness. And um, so, I think that the the person that was struggling uh, with with my illness. Um, is it was um, you know I was gritty in nature it's, it's hard to starve yourself you know that's not it's it's you know, it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not an easy thing to do uh, I'm not glorifying it's just it's hard it, you know because obviously your body is telling you that you need to survive our bodies are set up solely to survive right so um, it, it was that part of me that was able to you um, to starve myself that grittiness and that that fortitude and that kind of type a um part of me and and when i got well and uh you know many years later and was able to compete at the highest level it, it was still that same part of me that was able to be successful as an athlete you have to be very gritty you have to be resilient Um, for sure, and that's a part of anorexia, being able to, you know, kind of come back and do it again and do it again. It's the same thing with athletics, because you're told no a million times. You're also, you also lose many, many more times than you win. So that requires a lot of, a lot of greatness and a a lot of resilience and a lot of, um, I think by that point I had a lot more confidence and a lot more self-belief. And I just was also just really curious to see where it was going to go. Curiosity will take you a long way in, in life. Yeah. I, you know, I wanted to see what I could do with it, and I also feel like the you know the pain and suffering that I went through with my eating disorder. Um, you know, as I became a cyclist, uh, you know, cyclists cycling um, as are all endurance sports fairly high suffering sports. You know, like you're you yeah. they, they hurt <laughs> when you run a marathon or you know. Um, you know, cycle or swim or whatever it might be, um, it's painful. You have a lot of lactic acid building up and it's, it's really hard to do. And so I think that that part of me that was suffering before, who is now suffering in cycling when I'm training, I recognize that it was never going to be as bad as it was before. And I was always going to be able to, um, it was always going to be over, right? When you're training, you're going to train for how many ever hours, or even if you're doing intervals, maybe an in intervals, five minutes, the five minutes is going to be over soon. Whereas my suffering before, I, I had spent a long time where I didn't think it was ever going to be over. I never thought it would So, you know, it's just, it's kind of those, those two sides of our personality and, and not, I don't think we ever want to toss parts of us out and become and try and become something else or someone else. We just want to kind of use the parts of ourselves that are strong and yeah, yeah. You know, use them for good
1: that's very well said uh, very
0: well said and now uh, you used
1: a phrase which uh, you know i i, I want to touch upon as well self-awareness so uh, you know a lot of these changes come about to um, raise raised uh, raised level of self-awareness so can you tell us a little bit about that like you know how your self-awareness was uh, how did it change and it allowed you to um, discover your love for cycling <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I just, I decided to pick cycling because my um, therapist actually encouraged me to find some kind of outlet or movement or maybe even a you know a sport or an exercise, whatever you want to call it, that would let, allow me to move my body in a healthy way again, which I hadn't been doing for a long time as an anorexic. So um, I was living out in Los Angeles and it's sunny, you know, all the time, pretty much. And so I just... I really just kind of randomly selected cycling. I just thought it sounded like something fun and new and different, and it sounded really um, intriguing to ride down Pacific Coast Highway and and, uh, next to the ocean and feel the wind in my face. I was definitely at a point where I was so excited to feel free again. I mean, I just, I I literally felt free from those confines of of anorexia. And so I I just, I really sort of stumbled into it because it just sounded nice. but I, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with so many more aspects of it than just riding down Pacific Coast Highway, even though that's still my favorite thing to do probably on a bicycle. But yeah, um, yeah I, I I ended up falling in love with so many aspects of the competition too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: So so can you also uh, share with us uh, your road to the Olympics? Because I'm, I'm sure it, it was not an easy task. So how did you, um, you know, you already said that the, there were a lot of naysayers and who um, you know? Who, who discourage you and whatnot? So, can you share with us, like you know, what was that journey like?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, in the beginning, you know, I think um, just the fact that by that point, and I started cycling at 26, but it was that wasn't until I was like 29 that I really started getting good and 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 starting to get some notice from the U.S. national team. And so, you know, it coming in for the first time at 29 was, you know, maybe let's say about 10 years older than most people kind of come into being being tested by the U.S. national team, and or maybe even 15 years older. So, um, I just think there was a lot of doubt that I would ever really make it very far, um, and you could feel that. I also went through rigorous physical testing at the um, Olympic Training Center. Uh, that they do with everyone, you know, lactate test and um, watt bike test and and all sorts of different power tests. And, and they, I remember them, I remember their faces, actually, uh, one of them in in particular, when I finished some of my testing, you could just see that he was kind of like, you know, she's mediocre. So, um, but, you know, that at the time, I remember feeling like a, annoyed that he did that and, and but, but as time went on it, it certainly fueled me you in, in a way where it was like you know that guy does not get to decide whether I make it or not you know it's yeah, not yeah. up to him it's up to me so it, it ended up I think really fueling um, you know part of my part of my journey part of my experience yeah so that
1: criticism turned out to be a, a good uh, dose of motivation I guess
0: Yeah, they always are. It's just we can't see them necessarily right in the time that it's happening. Right. (laughs) Because it doesn't feel good. (laughs) Exactly. All right.
1: So let's move on now. So uh, so you've discovered a new love uh, now for plant based uh, uh, diet. Uh, So tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. So, gosh, this is uh, exciting times because just about a week ago, um, the James Cameron film came out on Netflix called The Game Changers. Uh, which I am a big part of um, so you know people kind of really want to watch a full-blown 90minute documentary on many athletes transitioning over to a plant-based diet and, and what happened and how they did it and, and how their performance was impacted um, it's a it's a great film a great documentary but um, so that in that film is kind of my story with it but I just um, I came, I stumbled upon really plant-based eating or veganism, you know, however you want to say it, uh, really through the ethics angle, um, and I, I just remember it feeling really, um, really just frustrated and angry that I didn't know what went on in our you know, industrialized agricultural food system, what goes on behind closed doors that they, of course, don't want any of us to see. Um, I I just, I felt just, yeah, I just felt lied to. And so, but it also was so horrifying that I just thought, okay, I got to figure out something else to eat because I'm not going to be a party to this. Like, this is not okay. This is not... This doesn't line up with my moral compass. Of, um, I mean, I practice ahimsa. I, I I practice um I practice yoga and and nonviolence. It's like that's this doesn't align with who I say I am or who I feel like I am inside in my heart. So, you know, at that point, I'm a couple years out out um, away from Olympic games. Uh, you know, which I went to the 2012 Olympic games in London, and I didn't really know how this new this new eating strategy <laughs> was going to affect my my physicality or my performance or my output. But anyway, long story short, it ended up being, um, uh, I think the ticket, it ended up really being a key to my um, improved and enhanced recovery and repair and ability to produce more work um, over a shorter period of time and and ability to produce work over and over and over again um, because repeatability is extremely important in high-level sport. Um, we train two or three times a day. So, you know, you're, you're constantly damage, repair, damage, repair, damage, repair. I mean, that's what you're doing all day long. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it was quite exciting. That's great.
1: And so when you, when you say ethics, like, is it only about uh, not killing the animals or are you, did you discover other factors in, in terms of, you know, whatever commercial, Sure. Uh, what that be? Yeah. 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 Right. What did you well,
0: discover? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty brutal and bloody. So I don't. I don't want to get into too much detail. I mean, you know, nowadays it's very easy to find on the internet. You can find yeah, yeah. undercover footage, or you can find footage that's not even undercover. But. Um, Just, I I just have a belief, first of all, and I always have because I've always loved animals, even though I ate them, which of course doesn't line up at all. You know, everyone's like, oh, I love animals. If you love something, you're definitely not eating it. (laughs) That's just not the definition of loving anything. Um, So I always had loved animals, and I um, was of the belief system that they're they're not here on this planet for us. They're not, they're not here for, they are here on their own accord to live their own lives in, you know peace and harmony and however they you know want to live and and share this planet and we're here to share it with them. Um so having that belief that I'd always believed but I didn't realize I wasn't living in alignment with um it just you know once I saw um the extreme abuse and torture and misery that goes on behind closed doors, um much less the killing, right? Because there's no humane way to die, like especially if you're you know don't want to die. and just unraveling really kind of what has to happen in our industrial food system or in any food system, right? Even if it's a small family farm, like in order to get milk from a cow, uh, you have, she has to be pregnant. You know, there's a lot of people that think, you know, cows just walk around with milk. She has to be pregnant. She carries her baby for nine months. She gives birth. In order for it to be a profitable business for the farmer, they have to take her baby away from her and milk her. And for us to have the milk, right, because we're the one paying the, paying the money for, for the milk. So the baby obviously goes into the, you know, veal industry, that's a whole nother. But then they do this to, you know, this female cow over and over and over again. And I don't, um, I don't believe in that, um, you know, that, that system, that, muti- that, that mutilating system um, of the female body, first of all. Mm-hmm. You know, so that once you just kind of go down the rabbit hole and kind of unravel all that has to take place, uh, for us to get these fluids from, you know, yeah. from mammals and, and, and the meat. It's just, um, that's the ethics aspect that it was. Yeah, yeah. And then it's not necessary is, is what kills me about the whole thing. None of this is necessary. There's, there's millions of people thriving on plant-based diet. I haven't eaten an animal product or an animal in 10 years. And um, I feel amazing. Uh, you know, I mean, I can't. And obviously, won an Olympic medal that way. So you know, it kind of busts through the myth that you can't be strong and thrive and everything. So, it's when when all of it is completely unnecessary. It, you know, it's like, why? Why are we doing that? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And so, uh, let's let's
1: talk about the uh, you know the effect. So it's amazing to know that you attribute uh, your Olympic gold, you know, to to a certain degree to your uh, plant based diet. So. Tell us what are the benefits? Like, What do you feel in your body? How does it change? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, let, Let's talk about that and then uh, I'll go deeper into that.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, well, first of all, it's silver, but that's that's okay. Um, no, I no. That's, I don't want to ever be, people uh, think I'm like, yeah, because people say that all the time and it's like, no, it wasn't gold, it was silver, um, but I'm very proud of it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, when I first started changing over to uh, plant-based diet, um, I, I really wasn't, Hyper aware of trying to notice anything. I, I just mm-hmm. was hoping that this would be, you know, food that would also give me energy and be able to build muscle tissue and recover the way I was before. You know, I didn't have like high hopes for it because I didn't really have the education or the knowledge. You know, this is this is a good. This is ten years ago. You know, or nine and a half or something. So um, we didn't have a lot of information. So I didn't really expect anything. But one of the first things I noticed was. When I would get up in the morning, and mind you, I should probably add in here, um, recovery and repair was especially important for me because I'm, I stood on the Olympic podium at just six months shy of my 40th birthday, the oldest athlete in history in my discipline. Um, So I was old compared to other Olympic athletes, right? Compared to my competitors who were about 20 years younger and then my teammates were 7, eight, ten years younger so mm. I really had to focus on repair and recovery because we all know as we age that starts to slow down whether you're an athlete or non-athlete so I would wake up in the morning as an omnivore and I would just, it would take me two hours to feel kind of normal again like back to kind of homeostasis like I would wake up feeling really swollen and kind of inflamed and kind of like creaky and my knees would hurt and like different body parts and I just you know taking a long time to kind of come around I used to have a joke like I wouldn't start training till 10 I wouldn't head out of the bike till 10 because I just felt like not that great before then but so that was the first thing I noticed I, I was waking up in the morning kind of not creaky and and not inflamed and not swollen and not sore um, and it was strange cause I'd never felt like that before, even when I was, you know, much younger. So that was the first thing I noticed. And, and I still notice that today because now I'm 46 and you know, I don't train like an Olympic athlete, but I stay fit. And, um, uh, you know, I feel, I feel fa- completely great every morning. And I know people, lots of my friends that are my age around my age, and they're starting to not feel so great. Uh, just in general, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it was that, and, and, and then as an athlete, it was also kind of what I mentioned, that ability to repair and recover quicker in between workouts, which allowed me to do more work and have more repeatability in my, in my efforts and my, in, in my energy level over and over and over again throughout the day, uh, which is, was really, is really important. I mean, that's really repeatability and uh, being able to handle more workload. That's why athletes cheat. That's why they blood dope. It is to be able to handle more workload and more repeatability because, you know, the athlete that trains the hardest and the most is going to probably be the better athlete. But, you know, we can't do that because we have to, we have to recover from the damage to be able to do the damage again. So that's why people, you know, cheat with, with drugs. And for me, it was almost like this plant-based diet was like this, I call it a performance hack. Like it's kind of a hack into the system of like, okay, obviously this is not cheating. <laughs> this is eating plants yeah, yeah, yeah. of animals, but it feels like I have this really incredible edge.
1: Awesome, awesome.
0: And so uh, how uh, soon,
1: um, um, I mean, how, how soon uh, did you start to feel these effects? Like was it a week, two weeks?
0: Oh, no, I would say... Any it, it, like almost I don't know four or five weeks were, were little indicators that I started feeling better when I woke up in the morning. It, it wasn't like the next day, mm-hmm. um, but it was pretty quick. I mean, you know, it was it was it felt pretty quick. It, it, awesome. know, and respect.
1: so, uh, in your experience, like uh, you know, uh, do you think uh, that uh, people who are just you know maybe regular uh, they're in regular professions or running a business, entrepreneurs. Uh, will they benefit from changing their diet to plant-based diet as well? Or is it primarily for people who are, you know, exerting their bodies and... and, um, uh... Right.
0: Goodness, no, it's it's certainly for everybody. I mean, all of us are trying to feel better, right? Have more energy, feel stronger, feel more alive, not feel tired at three o'clock every day. Um, And while, you know, good sleep and healthy relationships are very important part of your overall health what you put in your mouth we know is a, a, you know a, a really important aspect i mean it, you yeah. truly are what you eat so um you know people are going to notice um improved health in 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 in, in terms of your everyday life in improved performance because that's mm-hmm. you know athletes are performing but we all are in some way whether you're in business or you're an artist right or you're a store owner or you're in construction whatever it is you're having to perform um mm-hmm. and because um you know plant-based diet really starts to it, it, it enhances your digestion it helps even it helps you even breathing better because so many people like way over half the population in the world is intolerant to um cow's breast milk. So you know they have all sorts of symptoms from that. So if you are one of those people, you're gonna breathe better, be less stuffy, less clogged. Um with a plant-based diet, there's less inflammation and less oxidative stress, right? So if you have less inflammation, um you're gonna have uh well one aspect is you're gonna have you're gonna optimize your blood flow, you're gonna have better blood flow, which is gonna improve your cardiovascular health and you know, our number one killer in the United States, anyway, is heart disease. Mm. So, you know, we're all headed down that path eating the, you know, traditional um, meat and dairy based diet. Um, It is literally, literally killing us. So yeah, I think people will notice a difference, even if you just start to lean into it a little bit, right? Like, you don't have to do everything overnight. In fact, I wouldn't even suggest that. If you're thinking about changing out your plate um, to a little bit more plants and a little bit less meat, dairy, and eggs, well, yeah, yeah. you can just do. what You could do one meal a week. You could do one meal a day. Say, okay, for lunch, um, I'm going to have a burrito, and I'm going to trade out the shredded chicken for black beans or pinto beans, oh, and just yeah. you know, just start slow, right? Because it's it's a it's a major um, you know, kind of gut turnover as well. Like as far as your, your gut bacteria and your gut microbiome, it, you got to give it some time. So I think just doing it slowly and having fun with it is the way to go.
1: Awesome. Um, and now, uh, you know, we are uh, almost out of time, but one of the last questions, you know, yeah. sometimes uh, people who want to uh, adopt plant-based diet, it, you know, the, the system is set up in a way that it's not very economical. It's not very convenient sometimes. So um, can you share any practical strategies that you use to, uh, you sure. know, uh, so that people can sort of adopt this in their lives without any inconvenience?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that I don't know. It, it, it seems to be that people think it is 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 it's not affordable, but there's literally no cheaper foods in the world than beans and grains, and mm-hmm. you know that th- those are staples. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's so good. Um, you know, and a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some people have issues with gluten. So grains don't have to have anything to do with wheat or gluten, right? You can have quinoa um, or millet or oats or rice. I mean, there's, there's, there's lots of them. When you buy those in bulk, they are the cheapest thing you can purchase at, the, at, at any grocery store. So even in food deserts, you're going to have that type of food. As far as produce goes, when you buy in season, uh, they, they're very inexpensive. Um mm-hmm. It is, you know, as opposed to out of season, that's when you get the crazy price tags on, you know, blackberries or apples or strawberries. If you buy out of season, then they're being dropped in from New Zealand and they're very expensive. But if you buy in bulk and in season, it is, I spend way less money on food than I did um, as an omnivore. And so it's, you know, accessibility and affordability in, in, from what I've seen and from the food that I get is, uh, is way more accessible and affordable than an omnivore
1: diet. Great. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for that. Yeah. And, um, and thanks again for being with us and uh, sharing your life story and uh, giving us all these helpful tips on, on plant-based diet. Uh, now, before I let you go, can you tell us how people can reach out to you?
0: Oh, sure. Sure. Um, so my, my nonprofit is called switch for good. So it's switchthenumberforgood.org. the number And then you can find us all over social media, um, at switch for good. Uh, and then personally I do most of my stuff on Instagram and, um, I'm at vegan Olympian.
1: Awesome. Thank you so um, sh- much. Once
0: again, thank you. Thanks for all you do. Awesome work. Thank you.
1: And that's all for now until next time. Now, If you're an entrepreneur or a career professional, then I invite you to join our growing community. Navigate to bootstrapping.group. As a welcome bonus, you will get the Startup Founders Technology Accelerator video series and Mastering Your Inner Game video series absolutely free. This series of short videos address some core issues which are instrumental in helping you move forward in your business or career. The videos are yours to view and share for free, no obligations or strings attached, except for one. You have to take action and implement it. So join us today, navigate to bootstrapping.group. If you want more engaging videos and insightful interviews with industry's thought leaders, then check out the other videos we have picked for you. The link is right there. And if you want to be notified about our new content, Please do consider subscribing to our channel.